Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Welcome to a special edition of the Managing Madrid podcast, where after a brief hiatus, I am back. And joining me is Spanish football journalist Alexandra Johnson. Alexandra, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, this was I've, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a long time. And this finally, like, this just lines up because Real Madrid is playing Celta. And you just told me before we started recording that you're actually going to the match and commentating a game, which this, it, it lines up perfectly. We get your insight. You, you know, Celta just as, you know, as well as anyone covering the league. So I'm just really stoked to have you on. I'm glad to be on. Um, can you give us a rundown of what it entails of you going to the game this weekend and doing uh, what you're going to do? Because it's commentating and it's kind of new to you, right? Yeah. I'm actually going to Madrid tomorrow and then I will be, uh, because I was going to Madrid for another work thing uh, for four days or, or five days or what it is. Uh, and then they called me yesterday and asked me if I could come down to Vigo and do the commentating for this game. So I will basically be, be on a plane four days in a row, <laughs> but, uh, but you can't turn that down. So I'm, I'm going down to Vigo on Sunday. Uh, I will land like at five and then I have to be at the stadium at, at seven. So it's uh it's all very short notice and, and, and a little time to prepare, but I think it'll, it'll go fine. What is so it? it's actually my... Yeah? Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you... Well, my, my question was just going to derail it a bit. What is it like leaving Sweden and going to Spain this time of year? Is that like... Uh, is this something you look forward to outside of like a football perspective? Better weather, generally better weather? Well, Sweden right now is an extremely depressing place to be because it's... It's just dark, twenty four seven, and and horrible weather, and it's oh. it's like that for months. Uh, so it's always nice to to get away from that and get, go to Spain. Uh, with that said, Spain, this is probably January, February is probably the coldest month months of Spain. Uh, yeah. So it won't be perfect weather there either. Uh, probably a little bit more sun, and then it's just it's it's Spain, and it's get to go to watch La Liga football. It's uh, it's always. The best thing you can do. So I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to that and getting some tapas and, and just enjoying myself. Madrid weather this weekend, nine degrees. I mean, I would take that weather any day of the week for this time of year. One, <laughs> yeah, that one, is good. Once a year, right? I, I turn my brain off. I just, I leave the country, go to somewhere warm with my wife, and <laughs> that, you know, this is me getting back today. And it was, we were just met with waves of snowstorms in Canada, like it's insane. Um, <laughs> But here I am back um, chatting football with you. So that is an amazing reward to get, get to. Um, this game on the calendar is interesting because in kind of a rare uh, scheduling anomaly, a team has to play Barcelona and Real Madrid back-to-back. So what do you think like, just Celta's mind frame is in, in dealing with that? I think... I think Celta likes these kind of matches, uh, especially playing at home against Barcelona and Real Madrid. If you look at, at previous season, they've done very well against both these teams at home. 
uh, and they uh, they have gone gained a confidence when playing against them that they don't have it the same way when they play against other teams, which is quite interesting. Uh, obviously, it's it's another story when they have them back to back, and that's something new. Uh, but I think uh, I think their main match still is the league match, um, the match against Real Madrid. Uh, they did uh, have one player that they did rest against Barcelona, which is El Tuco, uh Pablo Hernandez in the midfield, and he's a very important player for them. Uh, obviously, this is they want to win both matches. Um, now they only got one one against Barcelona, which in one way can be seen really good for for Celta, but. At the same time, it's not the, the ideal result to get in a, in a cup tie at home. Uh, but I think it, it's uh, they they will go in pretty much the same to both matches. I would say it's it's matches they want to win, and these are the kind of matches this Salta side lives for. It's it's the uh, derbies against Deportivo La Coruña, and then it's the big matches against Barcelona and Real Madrid uh, because they have got the feel that they can actually win over them because they have done it it previously. Uh, they knocked Real Madrid out of the cup. Uh, they uh, won yeah. over Barcelona several times. So they have that 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 feeling that it's not an impossible match like they, it might have been a few years ago. So therefore, it's it's very exciting matches for for the fan base and for the team. And I think they will go in with more or less the same mindset in both these games because it's it's a game they they love to play. I think like most teams on earth, like. 9.5 out of 10 teams would, would be thrilled with a 1-1 draw against Barca. I think in this situation, Celta might be disappointed because for the reason you mentioned, because it's a home draw in a Copa clash, and then you have to go to the Camp Nou and, and take care of business, which is hard. You know, but having said that, Celta against Barcelona, they, they do fairly well. I think one of the reasons they'd be disappointed is for that re- same reason, is that they historically, especially in recent history, they, they tend to outplay Barca. The other thing is you look at Barca's lineup, and I only caught all of this after the game because I was on a plane and just catching up, but Barcelona rested a lot of key players. And when I saw that, I was I was disappointed for Celta too. Yeah, no, but it, uh, it is obviously a disappointment, but at the same time, it's, it's Barcelona. And I think they are, it's a bit mixed feelings for a result like that for, for a team like Celta. Um, Sisto's goal was unbelievable though. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think um, we'll we'll jump into some questions to kind of just bounce around. But one question, you know, so we put out a, a call to our patrons um, who actually sent you some questions personally before, because only our patrons knew that you were joining our show. We kind of kept it a secret for everybody else. But uh, and and for those of you who want to get in guaranteed questions and uh, in, into our show and, and other rewards, go to Patreon.com/slash/ManagingMadrid. Uh, you can get different rewards. One of the rewards is a guaranteed question. So one of our patrons, Farzad Ashuri, says, what do you think about Celta striker John Gadetti? As a Swedish person, I'm very interested. He hasn't started a single game for Celta this season, and rumors say that he is being sold this winter. Why isn't he getting the chances he got last season? And Farzad also comments on that a bit later, and he says, no need to answer. I just heard that he signed for Alaves. But it's not an official yet, as far as I know. No, is nothing it? is official, and uh, it's... I actually got some inside information. So I know that it's not as close uh, to for him to sign for Alaves as media says it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it can still become another club. It can still become nothing at all. Uh, at this point, I've, I'm pretty sure there is talks with Alaves, and they are quite far along. But it's it's nothing that's going to happen today. Uh, probably not tomorrow either. It's a few days away for for anything to really happen. So. 
media said that he's already some local media said he already done the the medical but uh i doubt that very much from the information that i've got so i think uh, we have to wait a little bit longer to know uh, if he's actually going to alaves or not but i think he will in the end uh, but what I think about, about John and his seasons or his time at Celta, well, I think there is quite a few different reasons for why he hasn't played that much this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, he got a, a bad injury uh, on the collarbone uh, just before the season started in the last preseason match. So he missed the first couple of games, which with a new coach is very important matches to play and, and to show your worth. Uh, as Celta started the season with Unse as coach instead of uh, Berisso as they had before. And Gudetti also had a very good relation with Berisso outside of the field. Mm. Uh, you could always notice when you were at the training ground, they were joking around. And, and this had a, a good relation. Even when he wasn't playing, um, he wasn't feeling anger towards Berisso because it was always an understanding between the two why he wasn't playing. And then he would play another match and, and so forth. And I don't think he has the same with Unse. He hasn't... Uh, uh, I can't say for sure, but the feeling I get is that he hasn't had the same conversations with him, the same, uh, the same relation, uh, relationship really. And so that's one thing. It's the coach. Another thing is is the injury that he came in very late, and and then coming back from from that injury uh, and getting playing time at the same time as as Celta have some exceptional attackers, and it's really hard to to take a place there. You have Iaguaspas who who is having an incredible season uh, and, and scoring more goals than he's probably ever done before uh, and being just brilliant. You have Sisto, who you mentioned his goal against Barcelona before, who's been just brilliant this season. You have Maxi Gomez coming in and, and scoring in every match, more or less, when Gudetti was out injured, making it even difficulter for him. Uh, and you have several other players. So it's it's one of the most difficult players uh, places to to get a spot as a forward in La Liga, I would say, uh, of all teams. Uh, even if you look at Real Madrid, for example, you have had players who isn't performing, who not even Ronaldo's been scoring in, in La Liga and so forth. But in Celta, all of the attackers have been performing. It's been, it had been easier if, if Gudetti was a, a midfielder or even if he was a defender, mm-hmm. but just to, to get a spot in that attack when they are constantly performing on the highest level is really difficult. And when you listen to, to the fans in, mm-hmm. in, in Vigo, they, they really like Jan. Uh, they mm-hmm. want him to stay, but they understand that he, he needs to leave and wants to leave because he needs playing time. And, and they will say that they want him and they want him to play, but they don't know where to put him because there's no spot for him. Yeah. Um, and they also feel that it's not him who's not been performing per se. It's more that there is this different circumstances and, and he's been really unlucky. Uh, and I think that that's partly right, but the, also he, I'm, I'm not sure, convinced that he's a player who fits very well in La Liga, because he's a playing style that maybe is more suited for the Premier League for a more tougher kind of football. But with that said, being in Spain has been extremely important for him. He's developed like the last during his time at Salta since he came. I've seen from the matches I've been watching how he's developed extremely uh, during this period uh, in the way he thinks with the ball, without the ball, how he moves and, and all these key things that are important in Spanish football. And I think if he, in the future, go back and play in England or, or somewhere like that, he will have a great advantage of, of knowing these things together with the playing style he already has. Uh, and I'm not sure he 
he is the, he is the player that Celta needs really uh, if he that he really suits how they play. Um, but I think that you can't really say and gone up and down. But you can't say that he's been a disappointment. In Sweden, they want people like journalists and everyone. They don't watch the games. They just see that okay, now John isn't playing. Uh, and under Beriso, he did a lot of rotations, and it was not John, just John who didn't play every game. It was Aspas didn't play every game, and, and so forth. And John was actually in the in the their best eleven, so to speak. But uh, but in Sweden, they they don't see that if you don't follow the games. So everyone has been commentating that that he hasn't been a starter because he didn't play that league match. But then Celta was focusing on the cup, and he was actually playing in the cup and, and so forth. So I think he's gone got too much criticism in Sweden. Uh, because people don't haven't really understood the, the situation itself. Like they don't really understand how good he, the other attackers at that club is at the moment. Uh, so I don't think he's been a disappointment. I think he's done done really well, actually, at Salta. He's just, uh, this season, he's mainly been unlucky, um, I would say, for, for all the circumstances that I mentioned before. I mean, I, I think there's a lot there in what you said. I think the, the one thing that stood out was just, I think a lot of people just don't realize how unlucky he's been. I mean... You mentioned the cup cup appearances last season under Berry. So he had eight appearances. He scored five goals in that competition, twelve goals overall. Uh, and then you look, you know, your point about whether he, is he more suitable to another league. His numbers in the Eredivisie were phenomenal with Feyenoord. He averaged over a goal a game, or, or close to a goal a game. Sorry. Um, in with Man City, and he was kind of like in the in the youth leagues that you know, 2010-ish that era. Um, he was. He was scoring a bucket of goals. But I think the the one thing that people don't realize is how much he's actually been through. Like, you know this more than yeah. anyone. But in terms of, like, he had that virus. Um, he had a virus, which basically he lost feeling and, and something, and a, and a nerve was affected in his right leg, which as a footballer, that's an unbelievable setback. So the fact uh, that I, I was, yeah. I, I would just add to that. I was actually told uh, by people close to him that it was that bad that they didn't even know knew if he would survive at one point and and he was just lying in in the hospital bed saying he was going to play football and and the doctors pretty much laughed at him because mm. that's not going to happen for you sorry but and, and now you have him and playing in the league so that's pretty incredible um have you ever had a chance to talk to him or interview him? uh i've interviewed him several times um did you, one of the uh, things but, that was interesting to me about him when I was reading up on him is that he actually spent like five years, because uh, he he attributes that he played when he played football in Nairobi, and um, Kenya. He said that was those five years in Kenya were were massive in his development as a footballer. And that was one thing that was interesting to me. Did you ever have a chance to talk to him about that or no? Uh, we haven't I haven't actually talked to him about that because mm. it's been so many interviews about that previously in, in Swedish media, which is what I normally write for when I, I talk to him. Uh, so I haven't talked to him specifically about that. But his dad was working in, in Kenya on a Swedish school, uh, and that's why they were, were living that there for such a long time. And But he said several times that that affected him uh, a lot. And, uh, and just seeing... He, they actually had a, a football team where at the school where his dad was working, which was, you know, everyone had fancy football boots and everything. But he didn't want to play there. He wanted to go and play with, with the kids in the slum who had no, no shoes, nothing, because he wanted to experience it their way. And he said that was uh, such a different experience. And, and to see it like this is kids who, who doesn't have anything, who 
who will like run without shoes and uh, and doesn't even have food for for every day. And and some of his teammates they they don't live anymore because they they've died for of, of different reasons. So it was I think that affected him a lot more than than football wise uh, and as a person and to to understand uh, that not everyone is is so privileged. Uh, so that's also interesting part of his story, so to speak. Um, Elian Zako, who is another patron of ours, sent the question as well. And I kind of feel like I have to not edit this, but maybe I'm not sure how true his, his statement is and, and kind of what the question that leads into, but I'm, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on it. So he says, when La Liga teams have a good season, they quote unquote overreach and start spending money and building a better team that starts the season well, but then keep falling down by the end of the season like Sevilla, Valencia and Betis. Why did Celta make no attempts to improve the squad massively like its La Liga counterparts? Do you see it that way? I thought they actually had a decent summer. Um, I can I can understand that with Celta. There is a thing with Celta de Vigo which some supporters are really irritated about. And the thing is, you have to understand the history to understand why they are don't spend that much money. And it's because they almost got out of business in 2009 where Iago Aspas actually saved the club by saving them in the second division because they were on the, the brink of going down in the third division. Had they done so, they would economically not, not have made it, probably. Uh, and since then, the, the, the president of the club today, Mourinho, he, when he came in, he, he started saving money and he kind of ch- saved the club uh, with his way of thinking economically. And they started to, instead of spending a lot of money on expensive players, they would do wise transfers and sign players for, uh, like they did with John Gadetti, for example, and many other players. They, they would sign players very cheap or for free. Uh, and they would scout well instead and, and be smart and they wouldn't lure players to come because you, you will get a big paycheck. But to show them we have an idea, we have a philosophy, we want to do this. Um, and especially in the last four years, uh, that's been really successful for them, especially because it's been going so good on the pitch as well. And they've got really players who, who are very into this project and, and it's really the project they are coming for and, and what Celta want to do rather than the money. Uh, but what, what's happened now is that Celta, it's gone really well for them and they've never been financially in a better state, probably in the club's history. Um, um, they have no no debts whatsoever. Uh, they're just to really help the club at the moment and especially thanks to, to the success in the Europa League and with great signings that they've done and, and sold off players for uh, like Melito, Aspas when he went to Liverpool and then they got him back for half of what they sold him for. Uh, and so forth. So they've done really good business uh, to put themselves in this situation. But now the the fans they want them to to take the next step. Um, and for doing that, they need to spend money. They still need to be smart, but they need to spend more money. And the the president he just doesn't want to spend money at all. Um, and his entire club, it's the, everyone who works for Celta have a very small paycheck. It, it doesn't matter what work you have, they they earn really bad. Um, and this is a problem around the club. And uh, but the Mourinho, he doesn't want to. He really, he's afraid, I guess, of, of going back where they were, uh, and therefore he holds really tight in the money. So to a point where it almost becomes a problem because they need to grow. And that's also a reason why they lost Berisso because Berisso wanted to stay as a coach, but he wanted to be able to build Salsa to make them stronger, make them more competitive. Uh, and he saw that he couldn't do that because he couldn't do the signings he wanted to do because the club wouldn't back him because it was too much money. He couldn't 
do anything really and he felt locked and and that's why he left he, he even said that he really didn't want to leave but he, he saw no other option for him as a coach uh, and a lot of fans are it's it has divided a lot of fans in, in the Celtic community that people love uh, love Mourinho for how he saved the club and everything he's done and no one wants to go back to where they were uh, but most of the fans realize that you know if if we're gonna grow as a club and if we're going to be able to really compete to to maybe in the future be able to, to compete for a league title or to play in Champions League or something like that we have to build on the success we have to build on this momentum we're in and that's just not happening uh, and I think that's been been one of the downsides of, of this season that that you see that they, they are not taking the next step instead they are maybe taking some steps back uh, and there's a lot of fans who's, who's really disappointed about this um, that perspective is really important because I think I think if you're you know just the fact that as a club you have an, you have an obligation to think long term you have to be pragmatic with your transfers if you you know if you're a general La Liga fan most La Liga fans including myself just kind of like have arms in the air you know why why sell Maxi Gomez to, to China yeah the season he's having is unbelievable um, you look at the flip side they brought him in. Um, for just over three euros, three, yeah. sorry, three million euros, and um, and the profit, you know, the the way they'll be able to flip him if he goes, I don't, you know, there's still no official word, I don't think, but if he goes, uh, I think they, I think it's gone before it was more like it's going to happen, and now it's it's not going to happen. Uh, it's the feeling of it, but okay. I think it's 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 a deal that Celta wants more than than Maxi Gomez wants. I think he wants to stay in La Liga. But for Celta as a club, as I explained before, it's that kind of money would uh, would be huge for a huge deal for them. I don't think they've ever got that much of money for for a single player, and it would change things a lot. I think, and maybe a transfer like that would help them to to actually open up and start spending a little bit of money and and have dare to do that and not feel like they uh, they would go back just because they try to, to sign good players. But I think the interesting thing, Alexandra, is that even, you know, this this idea that they didn't build on their on their season last season, I think they lost Oriana like midway through, which as you know better than anyone else, that just was like a cancer situation. And then it turns out that uh, Marcelino didn't want Oriana either and he's just a head case generally. And yeah. they're just fine without him. They brought in Emre Moore, who maybe should be playing more because he's he's looked impressive generally. Um, Maxi Gomez was an amazing signing, and you got Lobotka who was playing key minutes, and Josabed. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad summer. No, I think they like as a club, they are really good at doing these smart signings that maybe not not a lot of pe- a lot of other clubs see because they do really good scouting, uh, and I've been doing that for the last three four years, and I've been extremely su- successful in it. But at the same time, if they're going to take the next level, uh, they would have to to do another type of signings and there have been uh, one signing for example which is a Swedish player that they were interested in is Sam Larsson who, who they almost signed this summer uh, but that was a case of, of money as well and they decided not to do it and, and that's the things that the supporters get, get irritated about it's, it's not that they want the supporters want them to sign Messi or Ronaldo or, or big players like that and spend tons of money it's more to like take one more step and, and actually if it is a really good player, um, put some extra money, even if uh, uh, if it's not the the big big names, and and let him develop, and then you will sell him, and you get even more money for him. It's just like 
taking up a notch uh, from what they've done. Uh, and I think there's been a, a few signings that a lot of supporters would have liked that have fell through because they just won't spend the money. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that irritates uh, the Salta fans or, or did was was what happened with Berisso, that he uh, they didn't uh, let him continue with what he was doing and they wouldn't stand behind him for, for the signings he wanted. And he was really building something uh, great with Salta. And uh, it hasn't really been the same with Onsen. And even if there's been some players, as you mentioned, that have uh, been outstanding and, and done much better than expected. And we've seen Piona Sisto as uh, also uh, starting to find his, his ways in, in La Liga. Um, the team overall and, and the way they are playing and a little bit how Anse have, have uh, rotated and not rotated and, and some players that are not playing at all, etc. Um, and it feels like it's not the same harmony in the way that it was under Berisso. Um and they have, have taken a, a step back, even if the signing per se weren't bad signings. It's not like they had a bad summer. Uh, it's just not that they didn't take the step that I think many Celta supporters would like have would would have liked to see. Um, Christopher McCormick asks or says, um, Celta are my favorite team outside of Madrid and La Liga this season, specifically because their front three is on fire. In my opinion, they are La Liga's new attacking trio like BBC or MSN. How did Madrid handle that attack? So the obvious, what Christopher McCormick is implying is the Aspas, Sisto, Maxi, Gomez, Trifecta, which has been fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, probably one of the best in, in the league. And, and Celta had one as well uh, two seasons ago with uh, Aspas, Nolito and Oriana. And it's a little bit the same thing, but different players and a little bit of different style. This time around, where, where Aspas is the, the main figure and, and the other two are, are incredibly good as well, but, uh, but it's Aspas leading it. And it's, it's difficult to, to stop them, I think, um, uh, as it always is when, when you have players that are in such form and on fire and just enjoying themselves to that degree. Um, so I think it's, it's obviously difficult. The, the one thing you can do with Aspas is that is to get him out of balance because he's a guy who has a huge temperament. Um, so he has, he, he's the thing with him is that his entire football is out of passion. And I think that's one of the reasons why he failed at Liverpool and failed at Sevilla because they weren't Celta because he's never failed at Celta. Hmm. Before he left for Liverpool, he scored, he, he was so good at Celta, he got his own supporter club named after him and he had just played a few seasons and, and was like a youngster. He saved the club in his debut by scoring two goals. Um, and he just plays so much with his heart and so much passion goes into his game. And that's why he can be so good when it's at Celta. But there's also a downside to it. And it's that if he's getting on the wrong side and the temperaments and he's starting to get frustrated, uh, then he loses his head and he can very easily pick up a red card. And as an opponent, I think you want him to pick up a red card. Uh, so I think even... I'm not normally standing behind this type of ideas, but I think the best way to get Aspas off his game is to, to be on him all the time and just make him frustrated and not let him get through. Uh, and if he doesn't get his chances, uh, he will he will start to get frustrated, especially if the game is not going for his team's way, etc. Um, and if you get him out of balance, you have lost one of the, the most important in that trio. Uh, so I think that might be one uh, one secret to to think about is to, to just get him to to get out of his balance and and start getting really frustrated. 
um, Sergio Ramos is injured, but had he been playing, that could have easily worked the opposite way, where Aspas just gets Ramos yeah. under Ramos's skin and Ramos just explodes. Um, Definitely. Well, one of the things that Real Madrid have been guilty of this season has been they commit so many bodies forward to meet across or just can flood the final third in search of a goal, and they completely neglect like their their defensive transition and facing counterattacks. And there are teams like Las Palmas who just weren't didn't have enough quality up front to hurt Real Madrid. But if that happens against Celta, that I think Celta could easily punish Real Madrid if that if that opportunity arises. And also the other thing is that when we talk about Sisto, it's 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 almost like a completely new signing for Celta this season because he was good last season, but to me he's just made a like, bunch of new leaps. Um, his decision-making isn't better. His final product is better. Like This is actually like a much better version of Sisto, who was already a very good player in the league. So that's something I'd definitely be just concerned about. Definitely. I think uh, I think Sisto... I think m- many players has never played Spanish football and in La Liga before. They need a, a period to adapt and that was last season for Sister. It was to to start to understand the Spanish game, to start getting into the team, and and just really adapt to to playing. I think many of those who had followed him uh, when he played in Denmark uh, were a bit disappointed with him last season because he wasn't living up to the hype and uh, and to what he had done before. And and people were starting. Some people were starting to question: it. Is he really that good? Uh, as has been said. Even if he was good, as you said last season, there was so big expectations on him that that wasn't really enough. And and this season we're really seeing the the Sisto that I think the most people expected to to come uh, already last season. But it's it's a adaptation period, and I think that's something that that many forget. But if you look at Barcelona and Real Madrid as well, when they sign players who's never played in La Liga, it, it often takes uh, a year or or six months for them to adapt. Um, and one one needs to have that in mind and, and patient with many many players when they arrive in in Spain and haven't played it before. Not, no matter how good they have been in another league, it's uh, it's a very difficult league to just get thrown into. You need some time to to adapt before before we see the true colors of players. I would say, and that's just uh, is a is a one proof of that. Thomas Berg says, "Hey Alexandra, please share your view on the surprisingly poor Madrid first half of the 17-18 season." What are the main reasons of the rapid decline in performance from before the summer uh, over the Super Cups until the classical disaster? So from an outside perspective, what do you think? Because from an inside perspective, like the world is on fire. Like the, the comments we get, the questions we get generally um, are about which players we need to sign, which players we need to sell. Um, from an outside perspective, and maybe a more rational one, um, what has been your diagnosis here? I think if you, I think in one way it's a bit of unlucky, unluckiness. If you look at Real Madrid, they, mm-hmm. it's not just until lately that they've had uh, all players available. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries, a lot of uh, uh, sanctions, and so forth. So it's been difficult to for for the harmony to stay and uh, to have the the same players playing the same matches uh, matches after each other. Uh, and I think that's been been one of the reasons. And then uh, another reason I think is that this season we are seeing more of Sinidin Zidane the coach, while last season we saw Sinidin Zidane the manager, and he's very much better as a manager than as a coach. Because last season you had the players on, there weren't as many injuries. You had the same team. The team was more compact, and you had the players performing. And what Sinidin Zidane did. 
was that he got out the best out of his players and he got uh, another time a team that's in many senses a very individualistical team with a lot of incredible individuals he got these individuals to play more of a team than I think I've ever seen Real Madrid play in many years um, and he got a player like Ronaldo to realize that he can't play in every single match uh, and that winning the the Pichichi is not the most important thing it's the winning the Champions League it's winning the league etc um, and in that way managed to get the best out of Ronaldo as well and what happened this season is that Zidane got another team because there was injuries there were players who couldn't play uh, and so forth and and it became where he had to work more as a coach to find technical uh, ways out of situations and play different players with, with different players. And we, we're seeing that that's not his strength, uh, really. So what I would think would have been the best for Real Madrid would be to have Zinedine Zidane and then have another coach under Zinedine Zidane who, who knows the tactics more, more better than, than Zidane does. Um, but I think that's been the main problem. And then the frustration has built, uh, especially if you look at Ronaldo in the league who, who can't score, and it's been the same on other players, that it's just not working. And as more as the frustration comes, the worse it becomes. And uh, and with Ronaldo, it's interesting because he scores in the Champions League. He can't stop scoring in Champions League, but he can't score in the league. Uh, so I think it's a lot on the mind as well. And and then it's, like I said, I think it's just been, been a bit of, the, the team has been unlucky in the sense that they haven't had the, all the players available and it's difficult to, to become a team when it's new players playing on the position match for match. Uh, so I think that's my view. One more question before I let you go, Alexandra. This one is from Siddharth Kishore, another patron. Um, he says, how big of a role will the Copa matches against Barca play in determining how Celta line up for this game? Will we see some changes to Celta's lineup to preserve their starting 11 for the Camp Nou return leg? Um, or will we see a full strength eleven? Uh, I think the I think they would want to play the best eleven. Um, like I said before, uh, they did rest El Toco, uh, Pablo Hernandez in in the Barcelona match, so he will definitely start this match. Um, there might be a possibility that they then will rest another player this match. So they rested one in that match and then rest one in this in order to, to get as much out of both matches as they can. Uh, but I think also that the 1-1 results <coughs> in the match that I said before, it, it gives them a, a much difficult situation going to, to the Camp Nou. Would they have won, for instance, 1-0 or something like that against Barcelona? Then I would, would definitely think that they would prioritise the cup uh, more and they would probably rest more players against Real Madrid. But since it was 1-1, I think they would really like to try to get the best result out of the Real Madrid match. Uh, so as I can't promise you it will be like that, I do believe uh, that they will try to play uh, play their best 11 uh, as they can. I would say that probably they will change the goalkeeper um, and put Ruben Blanco instead of Sergio Alvarez. Because... Uh, Normally, as many La Liga teams do, they have the second keeper in the cup and the first keeper in La Liga. Now, Sergio Alvarez has been the first choice keeper at Celta for quite a long time. But I think that has changed uh, recently, and Ruben Blanco is it now. Because uh, Ruben, the problem with Ruben is that he's often injured. But when he's not injured, he's, in my opinion, one of the biggest promising goalkeepers in Spain and has been for a while now. 
Um, and I think that it that he is the best goalkeeper for Celta to have in any match. Uh, I would guess he will be starting uh, the match against Real Madrid while Sergio Alvarez was against Barcelona. He's been very good. Like it's it's amazing to me. Like we spend so much talking about Kepa. Um, and not enough about Ruben Blanco, but I think it's probably for those reasons you mentioned. He hasn't been playing that much, you know, as much no, as Kepa I, has. But I think just like when you see him, the eye test with him is really promising. Ruben Blanco has always been one uh, a, a keeper. I've looked forward to see what's going to happen with him because he's always been in the youth national team of Spain. He's been the under twenty one national team keeper together with Kepa, mm-hmm. uh, and he. I would have said that he would have been the first team choice of Celta for for two or three seasons already if it hadn't been for his injuries because he's that good. Uh, both Targu and Ruben, as well as their third keeper, Ivan Villar, are all products of the Celta Youth Academy. And we have also Joel, uh, uh, who's playing in Eibar, I think now, who's also a Celta youth product. And there's another, one more Celta keeper out. And I can't remember who it is right now. But anyway, they have probably the best youth academy when it comes to goalkeepers in Spain. Uh, and Ruben is probably the best they have ever produced. And he's just, when he gets regular playing time, he just gets better and better for each match. Uh, but he's haven't had a lot of that because he's had this long-term injuries, had knee injuries, and it feels like he, he can never cut a break. But as soon as he gets a full season, as uh, playing a full season, he will definitely be the first team keeper. And, and I think uh, Zelda will have a difficult time keeping him in, in the long run because he's, he, he is that good. When, when Real Madrid played Celta last season um, in the league, I think it was the return leg uh, in the league clash. It was the one that was postponed due to weather. And yeah. I remember that was that was a moment where most managers just were kind of furious about the whole thing because they knew that at that time, Celta would have probably rested players given their league position yeah. and because they were putting their eggs, eggs in the Copa basket. And... Um, if they had rescheduled, which they did, they knew Celta were going to field their starting eleven at that time. Um, but I don't think we're in that situation this season. Like as you pointed out, this is it, it would be shocking. I think if we saw like any key players rested in this game, maybe one or two. But. It is an interesting thing about about that game. So I remember there was a lot of Real Madrid supporters uh, who got really angry at Celta yeah. for the game to be postponed. But the, the the interesting thing is that it wasn't Celta's decision. It was the mayor of Vigo's decision, and the club is not very fond of the the council of Vigo at the moment because they own the stadium of Palaides, yeah. Yeah. and uh, Celta have like you, they can't even access the stadium when it's not the match day or, or something like that, mm. and they have uh, very restricted uh, times they can be in the stadium. Can't just let anyone go in. Like then you have to go to the council. If you want. I asked one time to go in and take some photos, and, and they said sorry, we we can't do anything you have to ask the council they decide and it's been to that degree that that the the president is actually talking about potentially moving the club out of the city so that they can get a new stadium that the council is not uh, don't have their hands on so they can decide themselves and they have had problems with the renovation and how things are going to go and um, and like the thing that happened with the roof that's that's one thing that the club wanted to fix for a very very long time but the council is being the problem, and it was it's the mayor in the end who took the decision as well. So I think the Celta fans were, in one way, as furious as the Real Madrid fans. Uh, even if the, for them it was good to move the game, they were just furious how how the entire situation was handled. 
and then they got all self like all the blame for something that they couldn't even Control. do anything about yeah. so there's an interesting point of view that i think not a lot of people know i mean it's telling it's telling that they even consider moving to another stadium um, even after it's been renovated in, at Balaidos and just just for the pure reason of control because it would be expensive yeah. for them to do so for a club that's kind of looking to build you know as many uh i don't know just trying to be pragmatic and smart about their fi- finances that would be a big yeah reason. exactly yeah and and they are the the president he's serious about it and he said said it's like officially that that he's he's even been looking at uh, a place where they can move where they can build a new stadium and, and stuff like that now the fans aren't especially happy about it because they obviously want their club in the city but then they, th- that's also a question that divides the fans because some some of them just wants to get a, get away from the council as well and just want to be like okay then we'll just make the drive to the stadium for for the matches because it would actually have to move quite a long way to get outside of the area which is Vigo because it's more than just the city center you have uh, a lot it's like the a, a bigger part so to speak uh, around so they would have to go to Ponte Verde or, or something like that so it would be uh, a rather long move but it would still be in Galicia and as close to Vigo as they could get uh, but I don't think it will happen I don't think anyone really believe it will happen so it's mostly uh, a way to to get the the council to to open up for them more and and to get more control of their own stadium I think Alexander Johnson, I think I've abused your time enough. Um, <laughs> probably went a bit overboard given the, your, your restrictive time. And I know you got a flight to catch in the morning. So two things. One, thank you so much for doing this. And two, I really hope you have an amazing time in, in Madrid and uh, your, your commentating experience goes well. Thank you. And, and thank you for having me. It's always fun to speak, fo- to speak about football, especially Spanish football. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes. Enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.